What's up, everyone? Welcome to episode three of the Open Perspective podcast. Feels like it's like episode twenty. I think I said that last time, but you know, it feels like I'm we do this to all the like time. I talk a lot now, like overall in general. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I don't know if it's about the podcast, on the podcast, on other people's co- podcasts. I just feel like I'm always talking now. You're a talk show host. I'm like, uh, shit. If I was a talk show host, I'd, I'd have to be Oprah. Hmm. That's a that's a question for later then. <laughs> I'm just saying to me, Oprah. That, that's you know, I want to be on Oprah's level. Who are you trying to be? Uh, what was that girl's name? I wouldn't what? be a girl. Uh, it, it tells you all you need to know right now that you can't think of her name. Yeah, yeah, no. Okay. Uh, Don't say Ricky Lake either. O'Donnell? No, something O'Donnell's. Oh, Rosie O'Donnell, really? Yeah. You, who do you want to be, Rosie O'Donnell? Nobody even knows. Who that I'd is be anymore. like, I'd be like David Letterman. Is that? Oh, I guess that is talk show. You know, yeah. when I think of talk shows, I think of stuff that comes on from twelve to two that nobody yeah. watches. Uh, well, someone watches it because that thing stays I on forever. I definitely want to be David Letterman. That's without a doubt. <laughs> anyways my name is john i am one half of the open perspective we also have david hello and today we have oh shit i forgot to talk about this beforehand what how should i refer to you as today oh well, I, yeah we should probably have that conversation offline <laughs> can i can i can i just refer to you as caveman yeah, let's do that yeah, because I don't want any. You guys will understand why there's a concern as to what I should call him today, <laughs> later on in the episode. Anyway, today we have my cousin Caveman uh, on the Open Perspective. Say hello, Jeff. Caveman. Say yeah. <laughs> <laughs> already. It's all right, John. Can you add a beep to that? <laughs> yeah, yes, I got that. I got that, bro. That skill set's there. <laughs> Say hello, Caveman. Oh wow. <laughs> What's happening, y'all? So, uh <laughs> John, if I do that I'm, I'm over here afraid to call you John. I'm like if I do that again, you're just going to have to run the beep over it again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. Anyway, uh a quick rundown. This is my cousin Caveman that's here with me. Um for those of you listening at home, I'm going to be straight up honest with you. It's probably been too long man since i sat down like for us to have sat down and have a conversation it's probably been like 10 years that's too long too oh long. yeah it's too long too for long. sure yeah um <laughs> and so with that in mind when the idea of a podcast first popped into my head one of the first people that i thought to have on the podcast was caveman um and i'm sure he's trying to figure out why I haven't really told yeah, him I anything. I don't really know why I'm here. <laughs> I just kind of told him, like, hey, can you be on my podcast? He's got a busy schedule. So it was kind of like I had to, like, yank him in here to get this done right now because I really felt like it was good timing for those of you listening to have him on. And uh, we'll get into why he's here later, I guess. I don't really want to just put it out there right now. It would kind of help me if I knew why I was here. <laughs> I think it's kind of know like what direction. You, I, I, yeah, that, I think that that's like helpful, the first question. I'm gonna trust you. Yeah, and uh, I, I'm. Uh, I, I'm real thankful that you you felt you wanted to have me on. And I'm not <laughs> sure why, but 
<laughs> you just crazy or there's there's something I'm missing, but we here. Yeah. And I'm happy yeah. to see you. Yeah. Happy to see you too. <laughs> um okay, so I guess let me start it like this. So one of the main reasons why I wanted to have you here. Um a big topic that I wanna have on this show, and I think John can agree, and and pretty much everybody that we hang out with can agree on is hip hop's a big thing for me and it's something I definitely want to talk about a good amount on this podcast. Okay. And uh we go on these trips. We're like what, 10, 11 dudes right now, John? Yeah, roughly about. Okay, so we're anywhere from 10 to 13 guys. I like, you know, every time we go on a trip. Most of the guys are probably pretty into hip hop. We have hip hop conversations a lot. And uh, I try to tell people that hip hop's like a really big factor in my life. Explain that to them. Right. In a lot of different ways, but as I get older, I think that the more pronounced it becomes it kind of trips me out and so the thing that i try to tell everybody is i don't think i'd be where i am with hip-hop if it wasn't for you okay so i know i've like messaged you hit you up and be like hey thanks for putting me on game when it comes to hip-hop and other things like that but i kind of wanted to really put it into words and really explain it to you and just have a conversation about hip-hop and life and how they come together, life in general. You know what I mean? Okay. I I, I will do my best, and, you know, hopefully I don't let you down. <laughs> <laughs> no, you definitely won't let me down. Um, It's been 10 years. You don't know that. No, I know that. <laughs> <laughs> as, as much in the hip-hop as you were, that's not something that you can just uh, – that you can just like completely release out of your system. So uh, to kick it off, I'm going to play something for you. And then I want to know the first thing that comes to your mind. I can you guess what I'm going to play before I play it? Um, fantasy, old dirty bastard, Mariah Carey. <laughs> Yo, New York in the house. It's Brooklyn in the house. Right. Uptown in the house. Shallon, are you in the house? Boogie Down, are you in the house? Yeah. Sacramento in the house. Like Atlanta, that. Georgia, are you in the house? West Coast, are you in the house? <laughs> Japan, are you in the house? How'd you know I was gonna tell? I was gonna play that song. Come on now. <laughs> <laughs> so you want to tell us? I'm going to let you start with that one. No, nah, I want I want to hear your perspective on the story before I tell mine. Mine's not going to change regardless of what you say. I need some help here. I'm going to defer to the expert. You've got to <laughs> warm me up. Get me in. Well, the good thing is that he got the song right. And I definitely, yeah. we didn't talk about this originally. But John, just so you know, and everybody else listening, the reason why he knew that song is because I don't think Cave he man. anything about me without thinking about that song. <laughs> <laughs> So I want to say that I was caveman. How are you right now? Uh, 41. Okay, I'm 34, seven years. Yeah, that sounds right. I was going to say, I think I was around 10. Probably, yeah. 10 years old. Uh, and I went to caveman dorm at Cal State Long Beach. You had to be older then. Yeah. No, because you were probably 18, right? Yeah, yeah. So that would make sense. I'll probably... Okay. Was about 11, to turn 11, 11 or just like turn yeah, 11. Yeah. Somewhere around. 
Okay. So anyway, go caveman. Dorm. Now I'm going to tell you from my perspective, and I don't know if this is really what's going on. He can tell you that part of the story, but the way it looked to me as a 10 or 11 year old is caveman had this big, huge dorm room. <laughs> and there was like, if you ever could picture like a hip hop, uh, just think of like a, a hip hop room that has turntables and like records. And it's like a, think of like a studio almost like you walk in here, there was turntables set up. There was records all over the place. There was speakers. Yeah. There was a bed somewhere in the corner that I don't even <laughs> think anybody was paying attention. And I'm in my head, you know, I'm 10, 11 years old. I'm like, this is college. This is what it's about. Cause I feel like this, this is just like the dream room. Right. So then, of course, you know, I'm bugging the shit out of caveman. I'm like, yo, man, like, let me see your turntables, like, play some, like, do this, do that. And I don't know. I must have been, like, the only song I recognized at the time. Or I have no idea why it was that yeah. song. Why that? Yeah, Maybe you just had the record. You know what? It, well, anyway, caveman is going to teach me something about the turntables. And in that moment, it was doubles. So I don't know if you just happen to have two of those records that that might or what it was, but he basically gave me that record and doubled and was just like, here, try to juggle. This. Well, that part that I just played for you, I think I played that over and over and over for like what felt like three or four hours for you. It probably felt like forever. <laughs> few hours. Few, few hours. So but, but the thing about it was it wasn't just that day. <laughs> oh. It was a couple hours that day, and then you know, so then, that, then a couple times. Every time I saw you yeah. after that, we you had to get a few hours in. <laughs> so yeah, it was like that. But my point is, that song always rem reminds me of the first time I ever touched a set of turntables. And if it wasn't for caveman, definitely would have never DJed. Definitely would have never had my first and my second set of turntables, right? Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. My first set of turntables was these belt-driven Gemini's <laughs> and like a Gemini mixer. BD40. I, I, I really thought hey, he was just trying to give me the very first turntables that the very first DJ used when they first decided that they were going to start doing that kind of stuff with turntables. I had such crappy turntables. <laughs> <laughs> but the point was that he gave me these turntables and a mixer, set me up with everything, even gave me some records and was like, here, you can, this is yours, practice. Right? And I remember the first time I got on techniques after that. The first time I got on techniques after that, everything felt so much easier. And I remember you telling me, I remember I was just like, oh, my God, this is so great, you know? And then you were like, it, it feels better, right? And I'm like, yes. And you were like, you need to learn the hard way so you can be better with the good stuff. True. And so my thing was always, those turntables wasn't just like a, a trying to take me back into the beginning of time. It was also, It was like the wax on, wax off of turntables. You know what I mean? Damn. So every time I see... Like, every time I see a movie like that or I think of moments like that, like, that's what I remember about that, you know? And I don't even know if you realize in the moment, and that's the whole point of this conversation today, is I don't think you realized the, the, how much impact you were doing when you were doing it. No, no. I mean, it, what I was doing was intentional, but I, 
didn't necessarily I, I don't necessarily know what that uh turned into right. i mean i know what it turned into but i don't really know know what yeah. it turned into <laughs> so what i'm getting at is that was the beginning of it all and that song as annoying as the song could be because even now i'm like Man, <laughs> I, I don't really care to ever hear this song <laughs> but like i always say music is a time machine and the moment oh, yeah. i hear that song i'm back at cal state long beach in that cool ass dorm room messing with time every time i hear that song so that's that's what it is for me um and th there's like a lot of different things that we went through that you did that for me was like when i tell people that i i, I like hip-hop i try to explain like i don't just like hip-hop like i feel like i lived hip-hop and i say that because we did the whole dj thing but at the time you had you and all your friends that were like an actual whole crew. Yeah. You all rapped. You made beats. You did the whole nine. Right. So my thing is, if I was present for all that, I'm talking about the beat making, the recording, the, the freestyle flows, the all of it. Like, how much more hip hop could it be? I hadn't thought about it like that, but okay. Smoking Joe Frazier, the Hellraiser, raising hell with the flavor. Terrorize the jam like troops in Pakistan. Swinging through your town like your neighborhood Spider-Man. So all tick-tock and keep ticking. Will I get you flipping off the shit I'm kicking? The Lone Ranger, cold wet, danger. Deep in the dark with the art to rip the charts apart. The band so this song for me, is, is it doesn't have, I don't have a story for this song. Okay. I'm playing this song because I think it's a good represent, representation of an of what I remember you being like. So I want to know, what does that make you feel like when you hear that song? What does it remind you of? Um, what does it remind me of? Or does it make you feel a certain way? It doesn't have to remind you of like a time, but, or a, a specific day, but like when you hear a track like that, how does it make you feel? Man, that's that boom bat, man. That's, that's just, you just get the head nod going. That's all. Yeah. Um, but it's uh, I, I think you're looking for a little more of that than that. Um, I mean that's uh, it's a point when <laughs> it, 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 it's when hip hop was raw. It's, it's when it was raw. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So um, I remember when you would get together with all the guys, right? Right. And you'd play these certain tracks for me. And it's funny because I always tell people that I love real hip hop. I love underground hip hop, but I didn't always. This. Right. So I always tell people that that that's. Um, what is what is it that they say? Like it comes with age. And experience. I remember going, hey, man, this song doesn't have like a anybody singing on the chorus. Where's the chorus at? <laughs> it's no hook. I I remember having to to try to that with you, <laughs> but but you know what I I'd be be front if I said I I wasn't like that at one point myself too. My thing is that it's like you know it's one of those things where like I think in the moment I didn't realize like uh, th this is what's gonna comfort me later on. You know what I'm right. saying? 
I think I just looked at it as like, man, this beat's continuous. These dudes don't ever stop for a hook. It just sounds like it's a bunch of dudes in the room yelling at each other. <laughs> oh, you know, it kind of was. Right? It kind of was. At least, at least when we had sessions, that's, you know, we would just keep going. Um, yeah. I mean, that's what it was. But then now I'm like, that everything I just explained is the, the what makes it great. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I uh I don't know. Like I don't I can't tell you when that transition happened where I was like, I don't care about the hook anymore. I understand the beats raw. I understand about the lyrics. That's what I really gotta pay attention to. I don't know, but it just kinda happened. And then I always remember like the time when I didn't feel that way. And it was like I had to be taught that this is how it should be. You know what I mean? It, you know, I will say, too, like, there's still, so, uh, and this might be somewhere we're getting to later, but in terms of what I'm listening to now, uh, I don't listen to a whole bunch of new stuff, right? Uh, which is it's kind of strange, because I still DJ and I still play a lot of new stuff, but I just, I don't know it the same way, but, um, like, I still dig in, I'm listening to a lot of, like, 90s stuff, and I'm still finding stuff that like I had back in the day and I listened to and when I listen to it now I can appreciate it on just like a whole different level than when I was younger and it's like yeah, oh exactly oh that's why that was so tight I didn't even catch that like for me I feel like you already knew it all you know what I'm saying like no, I didn't know shit like like what I'm getting <laughs> at is like you know, those boys that like uh you know they're the they're the dudes with the newest style right and they have this new style and you're like yo that shit looks whack and then all of a sudden everybody's trying to dress like that right like that's how i felt like you were with music like you were on this on this curve before she became cool and so then it was kind of like what is this shit you know what i'm saying right and 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 then like you said now i find myself going back and going that's why this song was so great or that's why caveman love this song Oh, you got to bleep that again. Uh, you dropped it a few times. We, we now. Yeah, John, John will find him. <laughs> um, oh, man. You know, and so it, even vinyl, like I'll go through my vinyl and I'm like, oh, shit. I didn't know I had this or <laughs> man, I've had this this whole time. And, I, and you know what a perfect example is? It was one of my birthday gifts. You gave me Miss Fat Booty. But to me, it's just one of those things like and that's what I love about music is you can grow older. You can age with music. Yeah. And and that's, you know, aside from hip hop, music in general. Absolutely. You know, I most of my time now, I honestly listen to jazz most of the time. If I'm by myself, jazz all day long. Okay. And we're talking about old. I wouldn't say new. Yeah, it's probably still mostly old stuff. You know what I mean? There's an era and a pocket of which I like. Got you. And I think that's what I roll with most of the time. But even when I listen to jazz, there's things about the music that make me think of hip hop. You know what I mean? Well, yeah, come on. They're, so they're, they're cousins, man. Right. Um, can you tell John and the listeners about the whole radio station? Oh, oh. Yeah, this. yeah. So when I uh. First got up to, uh, let's see, how far, 
what, how far back do I start on this? You can start wherever back you want. That's the beauty of this, because I know that you, you're not going to tell your whole story no matter what I say. So I just, wherever you want to start, <laughs> go ahead. <laughs> well, just see, put I was it there. Born. <laughs> I was born in May. Uh, no. So see, now you're giving too much info. Yeah, no. Um, I was always interested in radio. So, like, when I was in high school, um, my senior year, I had an internship at a radio, the local radio station. I was like, I just want to be on radio. And, you know, what I wanted to do, I wanted to, to be in the mix. I wanted to go spin or whatever. And, you know, found out that uh, I was there and it was a talk show. And it was like the morning news show or whatever. And I was like, oh, okay, well, let me just go check it out. Let me learn how to run the boards or whatever. And so I did that for a while. And then got to Cal State Long Beach and I got up there and they're like oh yeah we got this uh you know we had the student run radio station and I was like well bet I'm definitely doing that and so when we first started it was this little like it was way up on the uh the south side of campus it was like this little corner in their theater building and it was like broadcast on the cable tv like you know the chant like channel five or whatever where it just has like the the listing of what's happening in long beach and you know what channel the city council meeting is going to be on or whatever <laughs> right yeah. right like we're, i'm playing the music in the background and we, we thought we was doing something um but what's interesting is you know i kind of just got in at the right time because it was a time where they were trying to upgrade that and so a couple of cats that were involved they went and they, I don't even know how they did it, but they got like grant funding and they um, they found a place in the new student union and they got like a whole nice new setup and studio and it was nice. Um, and since I was already with the radio station, I was like, cool, let me just keep the show. And so we had the show. Um, at the time I was working at the uh, local Sam Ash and so a lot of local cats would come through there for equipment. And so ah. I would just start connecting with people like, hey, you, you know, you, why don't you come on the show? And so we just started having a whole bunch of local guests just coming through. And, you know, it, it kind of worked both ways. Like on one hand, it was, you know, good for them because they got to be on on air and get it out there. Mm-hmm. And it was cool for me because I got to meet all these cats that are out there doing a the thing. And I was trying to network and find a way to make my moves. So it, it worked. Oh, that's how you pulled everybody in there. Yeah. I remember I was like, man, you got all these dudes in here. And, and, and these dudes had skills, like skills. I'd hear dudes. I'm like, is this guy famous? And I don't know it. Who is this dude? You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I was yeah. like, this is a wild. Lot, lot should be. Some well, of them are still be. out there doing it, and you know, some of them are just, just disappeared. I don't know where they at, but so I, I asked you about that because um, for me, that moment that you were doing all that, that time of your life, for me, it was like a mini version of like Stretch and Bobito. <laughs> okay, I don't know if I'd go that far, but all right. I mean, you know, real, obviously, real, real mini, real mini. Okay. <laughs> it's like, what I mean is, <laughs> as far as like, let, okay, let's not 
go as far as like who's on the show and and as far as you know stretching Bobito's talent, whatever you will. But what I'm saying is that was your version of how you're embracing hip hop in that era, right? And yeah, I mean, what for me, what what I wanted to do is I loved hip hop and I, I wanted to share it with people, right? Yeah. And so when I, I would like dig for stuff, I'm like I gotta find something that's hot that people don't know about, and I need to put that out there. I need to get that out. Right. That was my mission. I mean, it was cool shit. I remember you would uh, you'd actually record them and then you turn them into CDs and all that stuff. And I I remember feeling like, man, I'm cool as fuck because I'm on this. <laughs> even if I I'm just sitting in the background, I'm not even doing anything. You know what I mean? But you were sitting at the station. Yeah, yeah. yeah and then uh, I remember there was once when you gave me like what thirty minutes or something like that to play, and then I listened to that CD later on, like when I got older, and uh, I remember feeling like, man, I fucked the whole vibe up. What? No. Because it went from like underground hip hop, like real hip hop, to all of a right. sudden like top forty radio. <laughs> Wait, how, for wait, me, how was that? Because I was only playing the the shit that you were hearing on the radio, the bad boy, the the biggie. Right, right, right. You know what right. I mean? And and not that, you know, now looking back, I mean, even the stuff I was playing was probably something we're talking about still or, or yeah. still considered some of the greatest music of, you know, our era. Right. But what I mean is, you know, a few years later, whenever it was that I listened to it, I Man, I definitely changed the whole vibe up. And I remember feeling in that moment like, all right, I need to be more broad with where I'm at in hip hop. And I really need to understand the fundamentals of it and make sure that I I can listen to everything and not just what's on the radio. Hmm. And I think, you know what, that might have been one of the turning points when I was like, I just want to listen to real hardcore hip hop. Because I just wanted to make sure that if I'm going to call myself a hip hop head, I'm I, I got all angles. You know what I'm saying? Okay. Okay. Um, all right. But still, it was it was cool. And looking back, you know, I'm just like, man, that was that was a highlight in my in my DJ days, if you will, <laughs> in my younger age, if you will. You know what I'm saying? Uh, you know what? I, I I gotta sign off on that. That that radio show was definitely a, a highlight. It's- I miss that man, and I remember too um, feeling like because of that radio show, I realized that hip hop didn't have a specific look or type of person or ethnicity. Right. You know who my favorite person was out of everybody that been through that show? Who's that? Last. Yep. Last man. Yeah. This dude was like a big white dude. Would you say he was ginger, like reddish hair? Um, I don't know if I. He was did. he was like as white as can be though. Like you're not gonna <laughs> you're not gonna mistake him for being anything else, right? <laughs> nah. And the dude have dreads or something like yeah. that, like a yeah, be- dreads and like a, a big beanie and stuff. But I remember when I walked yeah, up in the radio show. For days. I was like, still does. I was like, who, who is this guy? You know, I remember thinking to myself, like, who is this dude? You know what I mean? Like you, you don't look like everybody else in this room. 
and I'm not saying I did, but in the moment, I just remember like, you know, the whole don't judge a book by its cover. Right. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I walked in. I'm like, this is this guy waiting for the next radio show? Like, <laughs> you know, what's going on? And and he had that that presence. You know what I'm saying? Right. He was quietly sitting in the corner waiting for his turn. And as soon as it was his turn, I don't care who came on before him. Yeah. As soon as it was his turn, he murdered that shit every time. (laughs) And I was, I remember that first day, just like, what the fuck? I was just like, I can't, I can't believe what is happening right now. You know what I mean? And I remember in that moment just going, this is hip hop. I don't care what you, how you want to draw it, how you want to paint it, how you want to color it. This right here is hip hop. Yeah. And in that moment too, it's like, that's the beauty of hip hop, right? So I, I got to just put this out there. So last man, if you listening, you, you need to know that you are the definition of hip hop for a lot of people. Yeah, so, man. You know, still props, much respect for you. Damn, I, you know what? I'm gonna try to find that dude. He's got if he's still doing, he's on social media, right? Yeah, no, I'm still in touch with him. Oh man, yeah. now we got to hear that. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, we, we get we'll get him on here for you. All right, yeah, we'll do that. He, he can tell you more about hip hop than I can. Because <laughs> uh, that dude, uh, he's actually uh, part of Zulu Nation. He's like the the Cali uh, chapter leader. Oh shit! Yeah, he's, oh, really? he's the real deal. He is the real deal. Damn. I didn't even know that. Yeah. Man, that's crazy. Uh, All his business out there, I should, uh, I need to put that on hold. No, nah, no, nah, uh, I don't know where he's coming from. Yeah, so, yeah. <laughs> that's good. But, but yeah, definitely I'll, I'll try to get you connected with him. He's a cool, cool cat. That's cool. So, you know, I kind of wanted to talk about hip hop. I wanted to, again, thank you for bringing that into my life because I feel like it changed a lot of things in my life. I think it came in handy when I needed it most. Um, it's a, it's a lot of different things. Um, I, I want to talk about now. Okay. Who are you now? Like why, why are you guarded to say your name? Why should we refer to you as caveman? Why is there a, even the whole side of hip hop, why you kind of hold that back a little bit? You know, it, it, that's a really good question. And, you know, like I, I mentioned before, it's still one that I, I, I'm grappling with. Um, but my, my job now, it's a, it's a very public position. Okay. And, you know, when I, when I grew up and where I grew up, um, being a hip-hop head was, was not the thing at all. Right. Um, and so that was always kind of been a like, Oh, you hip hop. That's uh, you got to kind of keep that over there. And right. so, you know, that was something that was ingrained in me real young age. And I still just haven't completely broken it. Um, but I think the other thing for me, you know, hip hop is, it, it's the voice of, of change. Right. Yeah. Um, and so a lot of things that are associated with hip hop are, are things that can tend to rub people the wrong way, um, either because they're misinformed or just bigoted or, yeah. you know, whatever the reason is. But, you know, I'm just I, I try to be be careful knowing my public position that, you know, can't just be putting it all out there like that. Yeah. Do you want to, um, are you okay with saying what you do? 
Sure. Yeah. Um, so I'm a assistant principal at a large high school. Okay. Hmm. Yeah. And um, can I ask you what kind of kids go to this high school? So it's it's an uh it's an urban high school. Okay. So the the high school is uh you know predominantly predominantly Latino. Um, got large portion of African American students, large portion of Pacific Islanders. Um, very small number of white students. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's kind of it's a trip. It's the the school I started teaching at when I first started teaching, and you know when I came home my first day, I was like, you know. When I was in high school, it was like I was the only black kid at the whole high school. Mm-hmm. And here I was teaching. I taught the whole day, all six classes. I had one white kid. And mm-hmm. I was like, it's like the complete opposite. And it's it's cool. Yeah. Sounds like my so, high school. Yeah. So um, are these... If it's okay to ask you, are the students that go to your school, is everybody like perfectly well-behaved students? <laughs> <laughs> That's a tough question. Uh, you can tell me if you don't want to talk too much about the whole school thing. No, no, no. I, I think it's important. I mean, w- there's a lot of great kids there. Um, mm-hmm. You know, in, in my role, I, I I deal with some of the more needy kids. Okay. Um. And so there's, you know, there, there's, there's a handful of tough kids there, but they're at every school. Like I've been in a, a lot of different schools. It's not something that's unique to this school. Right. Um, so there's you know, every school you got, you know, 10% of kids that just aren't on board with the program at hand. Right. And they need something else to help get them to a place where they can function yeah yeah that's kind of why um i was asking you because to me the whole conversation of hip-hop hip-hop was that thing for me i feel like i mean i think that for me i i I don't know what it is and that and that's one thing that i think i've always admired about you it's been just very cool and calm you don't really get too angry about stuff you kind of let things slide, but at the same time, you give off the vibe, like, don't fuck with me. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And so for me, I feel like my whole thing's always been like, don't fuck with me, but then I'm like angry about it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And so, you know, I'm just, I, I, I got to apologize right now, but I, I always just hear songs. That's just how my mind works. Yeah. So I'm hearing a mad rapper right now. (laughs) (laughs) Tell him why you mad, son. Tell him why you mad. (laughs) Yeah, no, you good. Do that. (laughs) That's that's what I love, though, is how songs are just popping in your head, right? So So what I'm getting at is I remember, like, even before the whole hip hop thing, even before we got really close. And I still lived in like San Diego area. Right. I don't know if you remember, but like I was a part of these different groups that were they were supposed to be like basically trying to get like males. I was in like an all male group that was trying to get males to be able to talk about how they felt instead of just trying to like fight each other. Okay. How to like talk things through and stuff like that. 
Okay. I didn't know about that. So, I mean, there's like a lot of different things that I've been through that, you know, a lot of people don't know about. You right. know what I'm saying? So, right. Yeah. We ain't got to put that all out there right now. Yeah. But I got you. <laughs> so what I'm saying is in that moment, like when you first told me that you were going to go become a teacher and where you were teaching at, it kind of like put me back in that moment where I felt like you're dealing with these kind of kids that they need options. They need someone to talk to. They need like to see the light in the tunnel, if you will. You know what I'm saying? Right. They need to see things from a different perspective. Right. I see what you did there. And that's why I'm, and I'm like I said, I'm still trying to do that today. That's the whole reason why we're doing this. Uh, because even as an adult, it's still stuff you gotta. You still, yeah, you still gotta navigate your baggage. And like I said, I mean, even what we started this with me being guarded—that's baggage I have from when I was young. Right. So my point is, uh, I think by the time we got really tight, a lot of that already shook it. Right. But I think that. I I remember you constantly trying to put into me like just chill, don't trip too much. Watch who you hang out. Like all that kind of stuff. Right. You know what I'm saying? Cuz even at uh, John Caveman yeah. and I there you go again. <laughs> I lived with each other uh for a little <laughs> while. And, yeah. Uh, that was when I was in high school and that's probably when I would have gotten sidetracked for real. And probably would have been like on the worst path that I could have been on. But I feel like you were constantly there just kind of like, hey, man, what's going on? You know what I mean? And that's the thing is like a lot of times these these kids need that. Yeah, that's they what do. I try to do, my man. They do? Because I remember even the, the dudes that I was kicking it with at the time, it was you were kind of just like, yo, man, just chill out. Let's just kick it at the house or whatever. Like, you ain't got to go roll with these dudes. I don't know if they just gave you a vibe or what it was. I'm going to be honest. I don't remember. Yeah. I figured you would. <laughs> Caveman. It was in La La Land at the time. Yeah. I had a lot going on at the time. Yes. Yeah. I was in a spot. Yeah. Which is why, while we were living together. Uh, yeah. That's a good point. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, so you mean you weren't living there to help me? <laughs> no. No, no, no. <laughs> I mean, it worked out, but, you know, that, that wasn't the number one. Yeah. All right. So, uh, but that, so that's what I'm trying to wrap everyone's head around M mentality. Where, where, how you carry yourself, the things that you do. Like, I don't, I'm, I'm just basically trying to get at, like, how have you always, how have you always just been like, kind of just like chill? But it's not like you were a pushover. You just weren't really confrontational. I don't know if I can explain that one. Um, yeah, I'd have to, to dig deep and reflect, but I don't know if I could do that one off the top. And <laughs> I'm not trying to dive. avoid it. I just, I just don't. Yeah, that's, that's a deep no, question. No, no, no. It is. It is. Uh, I understand. <laughs> Why is your personality like that? Like, <laughs> right. I don't know. <laughs> Shit. Is it no, but that is it just is it just <laughs> natural? That that's what I mean. Like, is it just natural for you? Do you think there's not really a thought process and you're kind of just like that's just how you are? Um, I, I'm sure there's more to it than that. You know, and it definitely is 
it's something that has evolved over time, you know. Um, Do you ever have moments now at work where you feel like you need to work with certain kids and you kind of need to show them that or teach them that? We, I, I have that conversation with, with students all the time. Um, you know, one, one of the things with with young people, um, especially those that are, are coming from a place where they may feel that they are not valued in the mm. first place. Got it. Um, they try to compensate for that. And so they're very sensitive to the actions and words of others and they put a lot of weight on it right. when really it shouldn't carry weight right but i mean part of that's being young and part of that's just kind of carrying that weight of always feeling devalued yeah. right and so you're like nah I'm, you ain't gonna tell me i'm devalued let me show you and that kind of need to just prove yourself to someone um like I was having a conversation with a young man today, I was like, okay, so you've given this dude's words weight, but why? Who is he to you? Like, what what does he do for you? Is he feeding you? Is he putting a roof over your head? You know, right. is your lover? What, what's going on? And yeah, like, yeah. I'm not saying that to be funny, but like, why is this person carry some, why do you care what they say about you? Yeah. You know, because people are all huff and puff, like, oh, no one's so calm. Like, and? Yeah. Right, but you know, I know when I was young, I'll get mad at stuff people would do all the time too. Like, oh, oh, he he think he hard. That makes me <laughs> mad. Like, and it was stupid, but that's just when I was young. Yeah, I I think that uh, for me it's a struggle because even to this day, at my age, as a father, as a husband, it's like mentally I know. You know what I'm saying? I know how to process. I know how to think. But then there's that switch where all of a sudden it's just like, I'm 16 years old again and I don't even know how to act. (laughs) (laughs) You know what I'm saying? And then five, ten minutes into this temper tantrum, I'm like, fuck, I'm acting like a child. You know? And and that's the tough thing. These Some of these kids that you deal with, they're not going to grow out of it. No, not on their own. No, and that, that's own. one of the, yeah. the mistakes that I think we make as uh, adults and as a system is that, you know, we, we look at kids, you know, 15, 16 years old. And a lot of us act like they're done growing. Like, oh, no, they 16. They should know better. Like, I know 26 year olds act like they're stupid and childish. <laughs> right. But I know 30 year olds. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it takes a long time to figure that out, you know. Right. Um, but uh, as adults, especially adults in education, our job is not to, you know, be like, "Oh, you fucked up." Our job is to be like, "Okay, let let's take a look at the decisions you made and see what else we could have done differently." And you know, not oh, you fifteen, you're supposed to know better. Like, see, that's the thing. We we got a lot of people like that. Like, oh, they should know better, and you just need to like. Well, obviously they don't. So what are we going to do? Are we to help learn better? Or are we say, oh, they don't know better, so let's push them off to the side, right? And that's when you get into the whole, you know, pipeline to prison. So, I mean, that's that's the reality of it. 
is that if you don't catch it and now all of a sudden people are going to prison because they can't yeah figure it out yeah um is there ever going to be a point when as a teacher you're going to be able to go hey you're fucking up what you mean and just straight up and just be like look you got to get your shit together because you're fucking up this is what you're doing wrong this is how you need to do go about it um maybe not in those exact words but in that yeah yeah some, sometimes you gotta you gotta let the kids know but the thing is you got they gotta be in a place where they're gonna they're willing to hear you right because you can say whatever you want but if if they're not ready to listen it don't matter um but one of the things that I, i've learned the hard way is sometimes people hear you but they don't process it to later yeah, uh, yeah, absolutely. I just think, like, are we still, are we still good? Yeah. Okay. I just think that, um, as far as I can remember, the the not feeling like the person talking to me was right was the issue. So that's why I'm saying sometimes you got to just be like, straight up, this is how it is. Right. Yeah. You, there, there's a, a quote from Malcolm X and it says, you'll never reach a man if you don't speak his language. And sometimes you just got to go there. You got to go down to the level where they're at to talk to them. Now, that doesn't mean go down and act like they're acting. Don't act like a child, but you got to talk to them where they're at. Yeah. You can't, you can't expect them to meet you where you at. You got to go meet them, grab the hand and bring them up. Yeah. And I, and I completely agree. So, with your with where you're at in life and your and what you do for a living has that changed your approach cuz you have always kind of been that way i think with me you were that way yeah you're 7 years older than me but it was still always like uh this is where you're this is where you're going wrong you know what i mean right and then i felt like you walked in my shoes before so i can listen to you yeah and i, I think the the other piece of it, I think what you're saying is completely accurate. Like you've, there's got to be that connection. There's got to be that relationship, um, you know. And and there's also got to be the, the safety, right? Oh yeah, for sure. So it's you know if, if I'm coming at you like, oh you fucking up this and that, and I'm just judging, ain't nobody trying to hear that. Yeah. Right. Yeah, right. So it's you know you got to approach like, okay, I see you, I see where you're at. So let me ask you, how's that working out for you? Yeah. Right? Yeah. Because if I tell you it's not working, okay, whatever. But if you recognize it's not working, now we can have a conversation. Right. 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 So we got to get there first. And But it's difficult because for someone to admit that what they're doing is not working, that that requires a level of comfort, that requires a level of vulnerability, that especially as young men, you ain't supposed to be vulnerable. You're supposed to be hard. That's the problem right there. What you just said has always, in my opinion, been the problem. You're not supposed to be vulnerable and you're supposed to be hard. Why? I couldn't tell you why, but what I can tell you is what I've learned is that it's hard to be vulnerable. It's, you want to be hard? Be vulnerable. That's what being hard really is. And that's what I've been saying. Like, I don't have a male 
child. If I had a, I think that I would really try to push the, I don't mind pushing the strength. Right. Right. You got to be strong. Forget being hard. You have to be strong. What, what does that mean to you? To me, it's that you have to be able to, you have to be willing to stand up for yourself. You have to be willing to fight for yourself. You have to be willing to go against things if you truly believe in what, you know, whatever it may be. If, so, if something is, is against what you believe in and you want to fight for your beliefs, then be strong and do what you got to do. Okay. So be strong, forget being hard, but it's okay to be vulnerable. I think that if we were taught as children that it's okay to be vulnerable, the world would be completely different. True. And I'm and I'm speaking not so much as like the entire world, but let's be real. Like the world that we're explaining like you said, the urban areas, the right. the, the the minority area. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like so, and I, I'm not trying to change the world. I'm not saying I'm the person to do it. I'm just trying to, you know, one person at a time explain, like, if we can teach people that it's okay to be vulnerable, it, it would be completely different. Now, the, the real fact is that even the person who would need to teach that we can be vulnerable might not be willing to be vulnerable. Right. Well, and here, here's the, the other side to that, right? Um, for For a lot of these it's not safe to be vulnerable and i mean not just in the allowing themselves to be vulnerable but they are like when they're out of my care right they are in environments where allowing themselves to be vulnerable is can be physically dangerous to them which sucks right and so it's it's a, a defense a survival mechanism almost yeah right uh and so one one of the things that I, I try to help people see is like at time and place. Yeah, where, where, absolutely. Where are you at right now? What is the situation? Okay, based on that situation, what are your options? Right, because it changes. Yeah, depending on where you at, who you with. So here's my thing. The reason why I'm bringing this up, and the reason why I think that you your perspective is going to be really good, is because you're looking at it as we're talking about 16-year-olds. I know. I'm looking at it as, I don't care how old you are. Because it happens again and again. Right. When you're 16 years old and you've gotten past that hurdle, and now you think that you've figured it out and you know how to act, <laughs> and you're right, and you're 22 years old now, 28 years old, then you're 32, then you're 42, yeah, it's I, it's really like just show. different um, environments, right? Your environments are only changing, right? So let's let's for a minute forget about the sixteen year olds. Okay, we're staying on topic. Okay, it's just people. I'm no, there's no age. I'm with you. By the way, we're featuring my dog in this uh, cast. <laughs> for those of you listening at home, I got two dogs, Luna and. We're just going to have them on every time now because as much <laughs> as I try to not have them in the background, they're going to be in the background. Hey, can't also get around that. Yes. Yeah, no, I can't. And I, I, you know, at this point, I'm like, you know what? Why try to hide it? Because they might be trying to tell me, like, I need to look outside or something. Well, I know. My point is you guys got to get used to these dogs. 
I'm not even going to try to front and act like we need to uh, figure out how to get them out. Of- it ain't going to happen. So um, back to what we were saying, though. Uh, yeah, I mean, time and place, right? Right. That could be your workplace. People always want to, you know, you hear stories about how people don't get along with their boss. Maybe yep. they had a temper tantrum at work that got them fired. Yeah. Whatever it may be, everything's time and place. So I think that because you're not directly thinking about it that way, that it's just like, how can I help these 16-year-olds? But in the real aspect of things, it's how can I help people? Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. And I'm I'm asking you these things. I just got done explaining to you how as a 34-year-old father of two and husband, I still struggle with this kind of stuff. And you're not alone in that. You're not alone in that. Not at all. I think that you and John are both people who have themselves very under control. Perhaps. Perhaps. And so... The thing is, you don't get to see my temper tantrums. Oh, no. I I, don't. It doesn't mean they don't exist. It just means you ain't seen it. Yeah. I agree with that. I mean, don't get me wrong. And that's that's what I... I mean, that's the beauty of it. That's what I love about it. Both you dudes... I know this because I know both of you, and I'm telling you that both you guys can be the calmest, collective person. You can talk your way through things, but you can also blow up, which is the beauty of it. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> the beauty of it is like everyone's got their switch. It just depends how easy is it to flip that switch. Right. You know? Right. Yeah. When, right, when, right, when, right. Straw. Yeah. And and I... I and if you didn't have that switch, then you would just be a pushover. And I'm not I'm not promoting that by any means at all. I don't I'm, even know if I'd call it a pushover. If you didn't have that switch, mm. you'd just be... Yeah. yeah, that's true. Everybody's got their, their breaking point. Yeah, but you also have to learn how to keep that. I don't know. Because, I mean, it's just something that we've always, we've always kind of seen. You kind of have to look at it as like, all right, well, what... You don't have the timing to do this to say like, well, what happens if I do this, right? Yeah. You don't have that timing. You don't have that timing to make that split second decision. But a lot of times it's mainly just boils down to like, you know, is it going to make the situation better? Are we going to be able to walk away from this or are we going to end up furthering the conflict? Right. And, you know, I mean, for me, I... I had a for you know one of the biggest points of Apple when I was at Apple was uh was the Genius Bar it was dealing with that dealing with people bringing in their phones that don't work especially <laughs> when the phones don't work and it's their fault <laughs> you erased it oh nobody we, was ever mad right yeah no no nobody I'm comes to those yeah that. you know what I mean I'm sure you guys had with, with the industry you guys have had before but yeah like it, you you kind of had to like pick and choose your your things and. Sometimes someone can yell at me for 30 minutes and I'll just sit there smiling and just chill. Like, it's cool. But sometimes someone will yell at me for two seconds and it's over. I'm just like, nah, I'm done with you. But it all depends on the situation, I guess. I don't know. That's what I'm asking. But for you, what is it that makes the difference? A lot of times it's not really how they, for me, okay, like, you know, we always talk about respect and, and disrespect. I don't care how they treat me. I really don't. You know, like if they can call me, people can call me, talk to talk smack. I don't care. I'll just sit there and just slide it off. Cause I learned the same thing you said. Now, what are those people doing for me? 
Are they what? are they paying my bills? Are they paying you know? Are they paying my kids' tuition? Are they going to be paying? Are they going to be taking care of my kids' education? No, then no, nah, I ain't worried about it. But I think but, what what usually boils me out is if someone, at least back then, would if they pissed off one of my like employees and they like literally obliterated them, that's usually when I break off, because it's like no nah, man, you can't talk to so and so like that. You can't talk to her like that or you can't talk to him like that you know like those are things i think usually does me if someone talks to me like that i'm like yeah you deal with Whatever. it but then when you talk to somebody else like that i'm like that's not cool i know I what my know. problem what is your I, problem? I know where where my thought is off but i don't know how to fix it. my what thing is, is i want to be the person that teaches that person a lesson oh i see yeah 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 but it's not always be the, the case? reason yeah, but I want to be the reason why they're like, fuck, I fucked up. And I right. need to realize that I'm fucked Which is in turn me fucking up. <laughs> so I'm not saying I don't know my faults. I, I just don't no, really know. You know what? I think that's, that's a good description. I, I think that carries for, for a lot of people. Which is interesting. Uh, I'm not even sure where to go with that, but... It, I do see that a lot. I know I've felt that before. Like, even the example I said, like, oh, this dude thinks he's hard. And it's like, okay, I'm wanting him to change how he is. And, you know, I think the, the hardest lesson for for people to learn is, like, one, you, you can't change other people. And you can't control other people. Right. You know, one of the things that I've, one of my kind of repeat lines can't control what anyone else thinks says or feels. You can influence it, but as soon as you try to change what they're like, that's when you're in trouble now because you only control you. Yeah. And it's funny because every time I've ever popped off, I'm, I've always wondered to myself, did that person just go, that's the last time that's going to happen? No. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> no. Oh. <laughs> My bad. Yeah. I didn't know it would make him angry. I'd never do that again. But yeah, yeah. so it, it, in yeah. that sense, if, if all I'm trying to get out of it is teach that person a lesson, there's no, it ain't gonna happen. I'm never gonna be the one. Right. But see, I, I think that's kind of what you you were referring to earlier. Is there's a difference between putting somebody on notice and trying to get them to change. Like you can let somebody know, like, hey. You crossed my line, and we need to shut that down. We stopping that right there. Uh, but you know the you crossed my line, and I'm gonna make you change it. That's where you fuck up. Yeah, that's true. Let me ask you. That's let me true. ask you. A, it's kind of similar along the lines, but like you know how whenever we do or we interact with anybody, you ever interact with someone and you're just like that person just acts up. Or they act like everything's entitled to them, or you know something, just something out of, out of whack or out of line. And do you ever say to yourself, that person never got checked in their life? <laughs> is that the kind of same concept of like making them teach a lesson, or is that something completely different? You know. Well, that's the thing. I'm sitting here hoping that I'm the one that's finally checking the person, and now they got checked in their life. Right. Right. You know, we have those conversations, right? We always talk about like so. The- so maybe, yeah, you know what? Maybe we do sit there and go, "This never got checked in their life," but maybe they are. They have been checked plenty of times, but it's been by someone who's overly angry, and they're just, "Yeah, whatever, bro." 
It's true. And that's what I'm saying. Like, and that's because we always say that about, let's say some, someone who calls the cops on something stupid, like people barbecuing at a park. <laughs> exactly. Right. Like and that person like, yeah, that made the yeah. call, did that person ever get checked in their lives about doing something stupid or entitled like that? I don't know. But if we do now, do you think that person's going to, do you think they learn from that? I don't know. We'll never, we may never know. But you know what I mean? Like, that's kind of like the, that idea. Like, do we, does teaching them that lesson, does it really work? Or does it depend on where it comes from? Like, there's a stranger or in your case, you know, assistant no, vice principal don't, don't or the parents. Uh, that's the, I need that answer. I want to know from your perspective, what do you think? My, my answer is no, it doesn't work. Um, I'm going to go back to what I said at the beginning. People aren't going to hear you if they're not ready to listen. Right. Yeah. Um, so I, I know, I mean, you think about, think back to when you was a kid, you, maybe you fucked up. Mom starts barking at you. You, woo, 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 woo. do you even know what she said? Nah. Nah, you're not listening. Right. Cause you just know there's this person angry barking at you and you already know you fucked up. You don't need to do that. You know, you fucked up at that point. Yeah. Right. So that whole interaction it there's nothing productive that comes out of that right right um you know i i did go back and i listened to your your first show and you know one of the things you were saying is like people don't talk no more right right yeah no and that that's the thing that how you're going to get to somebody is if you're able to get to the point where you can have a conversation with them and be like hey this is what you did. This was the impact of it. And they might not even realize, you know, but if they're, I didn't make a complete sentence right there. They might not realize what they did had an impact because they just thinking about them from their lens. Right. Right. And so until they hear that, Hey, my lens is not the only lens and my actions impact other people. Then they have the opportunity to make a decision of, okay, now that I know that, I can either continue to do that because I don't give a fuck and I'm just an asshole, right? Or I can change how I approach things, right? And the other thing we we got to think about is when you've been approaching things a certain way for so long, and you realize it's not the best approach, and you try to start doing something different, it ain't easy because you're gonna revert back to what you're used to doing. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. I, I mean, you think about. I don't know if anybody listening ever tried to go on a diet, right? Yeah. You're like, okay, yeah, how how I'm eating is not working for me, so I'm gonna I'm gonna change how I'm eating. And you know, you get a weekend, and then all of a sudden you're hanging out with the boys, and they got their donuts out. You're like, oh well, shit, it's here. <laughs> that's our right. Trips. That's the perfect that. way to look at both my my eating habits and my my temper habits. <laughs> no, but that's the word right there, habits. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So even if you're aware of them, I'm, the first step is being aware. Right. 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 But then there's the process of trying to change that. And that's not something that's just a switch where, oh, I'm aware. So now it's changed. Like, no, it, people have to you have to relearn something to replace that habit. And that right. takes time and practice. Do you think that. It's a for sure thing, though. What, what do you mean? With time and practice that you'll for sure change. Yeah. Now, if you want to. I so one so. of my really good homies, right? 
call him about a lot of stuff. Well, let, uh, let me let me just pause that again. Let me repeat what I said. If you really want to. Right. <laughs> no, I um, agree. One of my really good homies, like when I'm when I'm feeling a certain type of way, like I'll hit him up, right? And and my boy is he's Puerto Rican, he's from the Bronx, you know what I'm saying? He's what, your age, John? Yeah. John from New York is your age, right? So Yeah. He 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 grew up in the eighties, right? In the Bronx. It's not the easiest place to live, I right. would say. Right. Um so I've heard. <laughs> And so he we we talk about situations and stories like now he's more like you guys very calm collective yeah he'll snap maybe a little sooner than the two you would no I think we but, both did this last trip yeah that was beautiful but that's <laughs> the thing is sometimes I'm like a fan of that right like we if we were if we had we went you know you can't being, just drop that and not tell the story all right uh, let me rewind a little bit I'll tell it from my point. Because yeah, uh, we don't have to get point. too far into detail, but okay, we were at a car show on the East Coast, and when you're a male father, you have certain triggers, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So there was a dude that was trying to act like a jackass in a car. What What does acting like a jackass in his car look like? He was trying to do a burnout in front of the crowd. Okay. The closest person to him was a child. Yeah. Yep. So as soon as that happened, the two Johns just flip, like flip. <laughs> I haven't seen the, these two dudes. I don't even know that this John we're talking to right now. I don't even know if I've seen him flip like that. Nope. But I knew instantly how angry they were going to. And I knew why. And I don't know if everybody else around knew why. They didn't. But I knew why. And right. Because I saw the kid. And so I knew these dudes are like going to be as angry as they probably possibly can right now right <laughs> but again like i said i'm kind of a fan of that you know what i mean especially when it comes out of two people who, like i said are very calm most of the time don't really trip about shit so why are you a fan of that that's interesting to me that's the part i can't figure out <laughs> yeah that jerry jerry right i don't i don't know man like honestly, I don't know. That's the oh, part man. I want to figure out. I, I could take guesses, but let's. So, so back to the story. Yeah. Yeah, my bad. They both and they showed a different side. Had the reason. You said everybody's got the right, and their breaking point for me, uh, whether because I know them very well or because I am a father. For me, it was very easy to tell was happening and so back to john from york you know i talked to him about a lot of stuff especially like this like how i'm talking to you guys and man you gotta remember it's very hard you've been a certain way your whole life right and it's very hard to change that yeah he's like if you think about how old you are now how long you've been trying to think differently it's it's the time you've been that way longer and now you're trying to be a different way. You got to give it more time. Right. But for me, I'm like, I don't know that that time is going to. I, when, when I'm 60. <sighs> hmm. I don't know. See, here's the thing. Um, 
there's really better people to talk to than about this. I'm, I'm just gonna put that out there. I, just, I, I know some cats that could break that with a thousand times more sense than anything I can say on it. Um, but y- you are right in terms of like what kind of that timeline, right? Right. But my 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 counter argument to that is we continue to learn right if you're saying somebody can't change then you're saying somebody can't learn right yeah i agree with yes, that yes absolutely right um and you know one of the things that i've learned is that i can <laughs> you know <laughs> you know yeah. you, you think about it, you you turn 18 or whatever you're like oh well, i'm grown now right and now I'm like, man, I didn't know what the fuck I was talking about. I swear I knew it all. I was the man when I was 18. Right? Couldn't nobody tell me nothing. And now I'm like, hey, <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to listen to everybody I can who got some knowledge. Like, hey, can you put me up on some game? Because I, I need some help here. Right? Um, so that, it's just. And, and that's what I'm getting at. Like, that's what we're doing here. Right. You know what I mean? As much as people like, like, I don't want to get it misconstrued, right? I don't want people at home listening to like, oh, these dudes over here talking like they got the answer to life and they, they you got to <laughs> act this certain way and, nah. and, and, and you got to, you know, nah, I'm sitting here being vulnerable, right? I'm yeah. telling everybody I'm flawed and I'm trying to figure it out and I'm talking to you guys about it and there's, there's, like for me, I feel like there's definitely that you, you remember the old cartoons where there was like the angel on one side and then the devil on the other side. Like <laughs> that's every day for me. <laughs> and, and, I, shoulder. and I just want to be like, yo, get get out, man. I'm trying to just be cool. You know what I mean? And it's like. I don't know, I guess I just need to be more vulnerable. I don't have a, an issue where I got to worry about coming off weak or or. Or feeling like like someone got the upper hand on me. You know what I'm saying? Right. It hasn't happened enough in my life to where I really got to worry about it. You know what I'm saying? I'm just like, whatever. It's fine. I really think I just need to put myself in situations where I feel like, cool, I'll be the vulnerable person in this situation. Right. So, just kind of something to think about. Um, a few years back. So what, one of the things I did, I guess I got to get some context here. Um, so a, as a teacher, I, I taught math. Um, and then I, I also had a class specifically for um, at-risk young men. And the, the whole kind of context was of the class, it was academic skills and life skills. And so we kind of did a lot of mentoring and, you know, we had them talk about what's going on with them, how to navigate this stuff. And so I had one of my boys come up to me. It was like after lunch. He was like, yo, Mr. So-and-so, uh, I just uh, just almost got in a fight with this dude. Da, 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 da. And I was like, well, why? And he's like, oh, you know, he's out there trying to you know, bully my so-and-so. And, you know, he's saying this and that. He's like, why would he even do that? And so... My response to him was like, you know what? You just hit the nail on the head. That's the question right there. Why would he do that? 
and he stopped. He's like, oh, I don't know. He must be going through some shit. But that's the part where I'm telling you that if we teach people it's okay to be vulnerable. Yeah, you're right. There's going to be some dangerous situations. Right. But what if in that moment he was like, and, and mind you, I understand how much confidence, strength, all that that you'd have to have to do this. Right. Right. You definitely probably have to have the upper hand. But what if in the heated moment you just stopped and you were like, yo, let's just talk for a second. What the, what's what the fuck's going on with you that you really want to get your ass beat right now? <laughs> <laughs> like for real though, you know what I'm saying? And like I said, you definitely have to have the upper hand because otherwise you're just going to get clocked and you're done for, right? But like, what if you just stopped and we're just like, look, let's just stop. We ain't got nothing to prove. Yo, let's, what's up? What's good? You all right? You good? Right. You know what I mean? Right. And most of the time the answer to that question is going to be no. The, the real answer is no, I'm not good. Right. That, that might not be the answer you're going to get, but that's the truth that's behind. Whoever's acting like a jackass, something ain't right. And that's the thing that I feel like we're never taught as people, whether it be in school, after, older, whatever it may be. Even I just got done telling you that I was in different groups as a younger age. And I don't think everybody always tries to do this whole like anger management, control yourself. Like, for me, I kind of feel like, fuck that. Be who you are. Be as strong as you want to be. Don't worry about controlling yourself. Just channel it correctly. What does that look like? And so instead of being angry, like, my thing is, like, if you got enough confidence that you're like, oh, I'm going to fight this dude. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to challenge this person. I'm going to do whatever. And I, I know I'm going to come out winning, right? Right. If you have that much confidence, then... Yeah, take the moment and just stop and just be like, look, what's up? I, I think one of my best friends growing up was someone I got in a fight with. And it was because of how well I fought with him that he decided he wanted to be cool with me. <laughs> hmm. That's not a, a, a uncommon story, though. It's yeah, not. because You're like, yo, this, this dude is about to fuck me up. I'd rather him be on my side. That's life. Right, right, right. You know what I'm saying? I would rather them work with me than against me, right? Right. But my point is, if it's that easy for people to team up, why can't you figure that out beforehand? Before the fight. Yeah. And anything. And, and again, like I tell you, this, this is, can be taken in any aspect of life. We're very heavy car industry, obviously. It's something that both of us really try to be a part of. And even in the car scene, you got dudes that don't get along. They can't even tell you why they don't get along. I'm like, yo, this reminds me of dudes that didn't get along because I wore blue and you wore red. Yep. So, okay. Um, you just threw me off because I was thinking something completely different. Go back to what you were thinking about. Um, fuck. I lost it now. All right. Well, did this make you think about something else? threw me off you keep keep going i'll be back with you in a minute all right all right <laughs> but you know what i'm saying like as grown men in this industry and and i know it happens in all sorts of industries i laugh right. because the music industry right as we're older looking back on the whole Pac versus big thing those dudes were homies and somebody instilled in the, into their head that they should be enemies right and i'm not saying that their murders are directly associated because who fucking knows about that now? And we're not going to have that conversation today. You got an extra 12 hours. Nah. Right. <laughs> right. 
But my point is there was definitely a beef. Right. Oh, yeah. And a beef that didn't need to happen that clearly got figured out after two dudes were dead. Right. So we're talking about the music industry, automotive industry, you know, whatever industry that you're in, it's stupid shit like this. It it is it, it's it's a lot of ego, right? It's, oh yeah. Um, you know, and I, I think some of it is, you know, we kind of we, we look at other species, right? Mm-hmm. Um, uh, maybe, maybe I'm sounding crazy, right? Now, but that's fine. I, we I want some crazy. It. Like you look at other species, and you know, okay, their their whole their primary drive is survival, right? And so they need to reproduce. Right. And right. so, you know, they go after the female and it's like, okay, well, we going to fight for who gets to mate with this female. Right. Right. And so it's that whole competitive aspect of, I have to show that I am better and worth so that I can reproduce. I think some of that still lives in us as humans and as right. like men, right? Where there's still that kind of competitive aspect. And so it's like, so I, I want to show that I'm better. I want to show that I'm one-upping or whatever. And, you know, thing that I think may, maybe to answer your question from earlier, of like where I kind of mellowed out was I, I realized that there's no way that I'm ever top. Because no matter how good you are, there's always better. No matter how bad you are, no matter how ass you kicked, there's someone that can kick your ass. Oh yeah, yep. right. Yeah. Like that—that's yeah. always the case. And I think maybe I just figured that out early. I, you know, I'm not sure, but that's kind of one of those things where it's like, okay, so who am I really competing against, and why am I competing, right? Um, so I was having a conversation, kind of going back to music, right? Mm-hmm. You know, one of the things that that I love about hip-hop was there there was a competitive portion to it right you you in a cypher and you know you trying to see who can come up with the most creative thing who you know something that's going to catch the attention or right. whatever right and and how, how you deliver it like that's what made you tight right right and then you know we're talking like you know a lot of times when when I was younger, I was like, I wanted to be the best one in the circle, right? I'm like, now, if I go in a circle, I don't want to be the best one in the circle because I'm not going to get any better. Right. Right? Like, I I want to be, I don't necessarily want to be the worst one. I don't want to be like, the, like oh, who is this dude? Yeah, but you just want to hold your ground in the I, circle. I want to be able to, to, you know, hold my own with them and have some dudes who are like, oh, shit this dude's got fire and I'm in the circle with him. Cool. Let me hear what he's saying. Right. Yeah. Let, let me see how he flips it. How, how does he string these words together? What are the connections he makes? And then I'm like, ah, and then I'm going to take some of that for me for next time. And I'm not talking about just like biting what he said, but yeah. you kind of figure out what are the connections or what the styles are. And you, you can learn from that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, this is the cipher. Right. You know what I'm saying? I'm I'm just trying to learn from your guys' flow. <laughs> hey, it works both ways. It works yeah, both yeah. ways. Um, I I I don't know, man. Like, I I guess just keep 
keep reminding myself. And then if we go back to what John was saying, New York, John, about how you've been this way this much in your life. And you, now you, for this many years, have been trying to think differently. If we stretch that out, like you were saying, we've been this competitive. I have to show I'm better nature since the beginning of time. Right. Right. And so that's still something that's instilled and ingrained, which is, you know, part of what contributes to to our condition today. Yeah. And that's what I'm getting at. It's like we can we could take it as small as the 16 year old kid at school. But it's the same exact fucking story as what's going on in the world. Right. So, like, let, let's go back to this this story at the, the car show, right? Right. So, thinking about this dude sitting in a crowd trying to do burnouts, right? So, a couple things. For me, I'm mad, like, this motherfucker's being careless. There's kids around. He doing all this shit. He putting people in danger, right? Right. And right. so, yeah, I'm upset, too, right? John's upset because he's like, yeah, it'd be fine if it was me here, but there's kids here, and I got to protect my people. Right, John? Right. Yeah. So, but dude probably doesn't even realize like, hey, um, there's kids around or I might hurt someone. He's probably just thinking like, hey, I need to, you know, show off my car and look fresh. Maybe there's a girl over there I'm trying to impress or whatever. That shit's not on his radar. Right. And the cool thing is not to cut you off, but, but the part that I failed to mention was that both Johns obviously were super angry. Me, I probably would have pulled dude out of his car and been like, yo, what the fuck? You know, and tried to scare him, right? <laughs> right. They were angry, and I could tell they were angry. I'm sure dude could tell they were angry, you know? But as soon as they got to him, it was like, yo, homie, you're fucking up, you know? Like, they then, it, like, they, they, they finally, you know, they calmed down in the moment, and they were like, hey, you can't be doing that right here. Like, do you realize what's going on? You're not even seeing what's going on. Right. You know what I mean? And that's the part that I'm talking about. You could be assertive. Right. But you need to deliver the message properly. Absolutely. Yeah, and, and that's what I'm saying. Like, there's a difference between letting people know and then trying to trying to force them to do something. You know, right? And that's what you're talking about. Go ahead, John. No, because the funny thing with that with that kid was he. Um, when I got to him, I got to his passenger side. I didn't get to go to his driver's side. And. <laughs> uh, the funny part was he was like, no, I, you know, he, the guy responded to me. Cause like, what? I was like, what the fuck are you doing? And he says, I, I didn't, the guy right there told me, he pointed at some kid that was standing like outside. He goes, that kid told me to do the burnout. I was only following his direction. And oh, then yeah, that, 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 my, that sounds and, like a 16 year old for sure. In my mind, I'm like, there's that thing that our parents or anyone older us and said, well, if they said to jump off the bridge, would you jump off the bridge too? <laughs> you know? And I was just like, um, and then that's when I was kind of like, well, I know who, I know who you are, you know? And I was like, I got your info, bro. I got it. So let's, you know, you want to run, let's, you know, I got your info. And then at that point he kind of like freaked out. That was the moment for him to be like, this is not anonymous anymore. You know? Right. And then that's when it all kind of like went away. But then the, the, the sad part is that when, as soon as the guy cleared the parking lot, he did the burnout again. Did he really? <laughs> he did a burnout. Outside oh, the, I, I didn't, I didn't though. even know that. No, we were that. all laughing about it at that point. You know, I was, me and John looked at each other. We're laughing about it. And then uh, you were laughing at it because we, we kind of like the, the situation that kind of diffused itself. I but. do. Yeah, I do remember now. I do. Remember then we I both, we all stopped. Yeah. Yeah. We're like, there you go. You know, we did that, but, it's it's tough because you know what and 
I I kind of like one of the things that helped me kind of like look at it differently was the generation we live in. You know, we live in a world star generation now. You know, people <laughs> want to get on that. People want to get on the videos. People want to get, you know, they want to become viral. So that's a way to become viral. Let's do a burnout right at the entrance of, of a car show. Or at this is why I feel like it's so important. Look to at talk me. About I'm, I'm a peacock showing off my fucking feathers. Yeah, I mean that's the thing. This this should be the year of the peacock. You know what I'm saying? Like everybody is legit, just a peacock. You know, <laughs> you know. And and uh, I don't know, man. Like I just think that more conversation about it maybe will make people not be that way. Maybe, maybe, maybe. Yeah, but caveman had it right though. It's like I think the one thing that I never really looked at was the fact was, are you ready to listen? Are you, you know, we're going to sound like the, the old, you yeah, know, I always say it's you. I'm the you old man. time and police. Right. I always say I'm the old man that's like, get off my lawn kind of guy, <laughs> you know. But in a way, it's just because the, the, the whoever I'm talking to, the youth or whatever, whatever, do they want to listen to what I have to say, you know? And I go back saying to myself, damn, I should have listened when I was younger. I should have took the moment to listen because in, in my eyes, when I was 15 years old, I knew better. I did not know better. You know, even like when I was in my 20s and 30s, I thought I knew better. Right. No. No. No, man, I still feel like a kid. No, I know. You and me but, both. Let me like when let it me comes put it. a lot of things. I just feel like a kid. Go ahead. Let me, give me uh my bad. Let me put a, like a another like kind of hypothetical. I was thinking about it a few days ago and it kind of popped up in between this conversation we were having. So we always talk about, like, do you, be, like, caveman, I'm going to ask, do you kind of believe, like, you're a product of your environment? And then you have to make a decision if you're going to leave that environment? Or is that an environment, an environmental thing? I'll explain in a minute after the question's answered. Um, I, I definitely think that the environment influences you. It, yeah, I, I'm gonna stop there because I'm not quite sure what else to go with that. Because the reason why I feel that, the reason why that kind of came up to me was because I, I kind of look at what where you know my oldest is 12, so he's you know okay. he's a middle he's in middle school now he's a seventh grader, and I yep. look at where he's at as a seventh grader, and I look at where I was when I was in seventh grade, right? Then there's two very there are two variables that I think are exactly the same. I think the family environment that we both have. Are, right. are great we didn't have issues right. with our parents my dad was kind of in and out because of not because of choice but because he was in the navy but right. I, I had strong grandparents and i had a strong mother and i think keone's my son has the same you know environment but the difference was when we were out of the house outside of the house i grew up in the in a neighborhood southeast san diego it wasn't really the greatest neighborhood i went to a school similar to what you uh uh, explained earlier right. um my my kid goes to a to a private school that's predominantly the smartest kids i've ever met but <laughs> but you know what i mean like so then like when you leave the house like the house environment was perfect you know everybody was great we had everything we needed there was right. no issue in regards to like that like we we you know we had a roof or whatever but anyways but his environment when he is not at home or when he's just his overall environment, he didn't have to deal with what was outside. And I think it's, I think environment has always been something that's kind of 
the circle that's kind of tough for a lot of people to leave because then if you're in an environment and that's the only thing that you know, you kind of stay right. in it. Right. Right. Yeah. Like, it's, it's, right. Uh, I don't know, man. Like, yes and no. It's kind of like, I can't remember if I explained this in a previous episode from my, my point of view or if it was when I was on Frank Frank's podcast. Um, but I was explaining how, like, like in my in my home when I was growing up, all I had was my mom, and my mom was always working. But my mom always showed me love. I always felt like she was taking care of the situation. You know what I'm saying? But I was able to be very independent because she was always working. And my mom made it a point, like no matter where we lived, she tried to make sure we were like in a good part. Uh, meaning, sorry, wherever she worked mm -hmm. that we lived in a good part. She um, worked in Chula Vista. We lived in Encinitas. She, yeah. you know, tried to have us live in Thousand Oaks. We, when she worked in Long Beach, we, I went to high school in Los Alamitos. Like, it should have been all people. But for me, I felt like, you know, when I was living in Encinitas, I spent my time in Lucadia. When I was living in Los Alamitos, I was either in Hawaiian Gardens or tied along. So, right. like, I get what you're saying, but that didn't need to be my environment. Right. Right. Like, I couldn't leave Back mine. That, again, I think I'm try trying to gather my thoughts here, right? So, a couple things. I think environment definitely plays a role, but every individual brings something of their own to that, right? Right. Um, you can have two people that have the exact same experience, and if you talk about it because their perspective of it, completely different stories, right? Right. Mm -hmm. right. Uh, you know, in terms of what, what John was saying, like most people, they're going to stay where they're at. A lot of people, people are creatures of habit. Right, right. right? So they, they're not going to just up and change shit unless there's reason to, right? And science, right? Object at rest stays at rest. Right. Until right. a force is applied to it to make it move. Right. 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 So, like, for your case, there was a force applied to you to make you move. It wasn't that you had to go out there you were specifically choosing to go out there because you were looking for something. Okay. What was I... In in that sense, what was I looking for? Why did I go look? That's for you to answer, my man. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. It's, it's because, like, when I was at that age, I was already thinking about what color I was going to be part of. You know, like, that kind of stuff that was already, like there oh yeah seventh grade honestly for me seventh grade was the beginning of the worst yeah seventh grade i think, I think so. is the, the grade i was in when i was supposed to go to juvie and the whole reason that i had to move back up north like you know north as in orange county la county <laughs> instead of being in san diego county because my mom was like dude you're gonna get locked up now like are you gonna actually change or do we need to move in order for this not to happen. Right. Right. So there was a force that forced the change. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. To absolutely. Your environment. Yeah. Yeah. No, absolutely. Right. And I, 
I don't, I never felt like I was a follower, right? So in that sense, I was like, I don't think that I'm going to follow these people. I just don't know that I'm going to change. <sighs> I don't know. I, 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 I only reason I think about that is because, you know, we're already here thinking like I, for me, it was just sitting at a point where I'm looking at what my 12 year old is into and what he wants to do and what he likes to do versus what I wanted to do at that age. Could also be technology changes too. And he has access to anything te- technologically advanced, I guess. You know, and I didn't. But who knows? He has good friends. They're all good kids. So, I wish I had. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna go back to to the value question. Yeah. Okay. So, how valued did you feel at that time in your life? As a kid. <laughs> That's funny. That's when probably I was twelve. Yeah. That was probably the worst for you. Oh, that was yours. Nah, for me, yeah, like seventh grade. That I don't think I've ever had an issue in my life other than in that moment. I felt that what was, was fine. the issue. The issue for me at that time. That's when my pops was trying to come around. Yeah, yeah, we know that. Okay. Yeah, that's definitely something I never. Really put two and two together. That's when my pops was trying to come around and my mom was trying to be on this. Like, that's your dad. You got to listen to what he has to say. And I was kind of like, no, nah, I'm doing my own thing. Right. And so that's what you were searching. You were looking for. Yeah. 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 I don't. That's a good point. I, the move definitely. Uh, I don't know. Hmm. It definitely helps you. But it was probably just a different environment. I don't know. I think everything was fine. I think in my eyes in seventh grade, I think I just, I think for me, I think it was just trying to find a place to fit in, you know? And that's what you were looking for. Right. Like, I think family was fine. I think my parents were great. You know, I didn't have, I don't know. I I could just be seeing it differently, but I I think it was just the the idea of fitting in and having like a place. Absolutely. Yep. I, I, I would say the same, you know, like I said, growing up for me, that there were very few people that looked like me, um, very few people that had common interests. And, you know, through elementary school, I was kind of like the, the outcast kid. I was the weird kid. Right. I, I think that's what it really boils down to and why I find myself in these places that my mom was hoping I wouldn't be in is that I felt like I related to those people more. Right. I mean, you know, she tried to put me in these areas where kids were driving BMWs to school and I'm not, that's 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 not not, me. Yeah. That's not me. Right. Right. I'm with you. I'm with you. Yeah. uh, I mean, in that sense, yeah, you are. A product of your environment, I guess. That's just it, it. It you're not relating to the environment, right? So you you were feeling mismatched for your environment. So you go and seek out a different environment, and mm-hmm. even if it's one that might not necessarily be healthy for you, right? It, it's one where you have a greater level of right. So then essentially to answer your question, John, is that he relates to these other kids so he doesn't have to worry about those things. Hmm. He does, huh? Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, he yeah. has everything you had and then some. Yeah, yeah. Well, he has a lot more than I had. That's for sure. Well, no, I'm saying as far as the foundation. Right, right, right. You had the you had the foundation. You said there was no lack in your foundation. No. He has the foundation. He just it, it, he can relate, so he doesn't need to go look for anything. That could be it, huh? Yeah, that's true. Cause he, I don't, he doesn't seem to seek. You know, like, you know, when he comes, he's probably gonna listen to this one day and be like, "What the hell are you thinking, Dad?" Um, <laughs> Why are you, you putting know, me on he, blast, pops? I know he's gonna be like, "What?" He's, he's smarter than me. He probably can hear it already. Um, <laughs> but he, like, you know, like he when he when he comes back when he comes home, like he's you know he he talks to his friends on his phone. You know, he texts them. He does all that. So that like typical preteen teenage stuff is there. Like you know, the fun stuff doesn't want his little brother around. I get it. But like, yeah, I, I, I watch his nuances. I watch, you know, how he, how he is in school and how he just, I watch a lot of things about him. He does everything that a 12 year old boy should do, but it seems as if he's not making the decisions that I was making to kind of like mess things up, I guess. And I'm trying to make sure that I'm going to stay clear of that and, or Make sure I'm still guiding it the right way. Like you gotta figure that out, you know. I still feel like I'm 25, right. and so like, you know, raising a kid. And I think, oh, I think David and I we talked about this before. I didn't, I, you know, I had my my children later in life rather than earlier in life, and you know, I preferred it that way. But the the thing is, is like, you know, I don't want to over guide them, but I also don't want to be missing, where I'm like too low under the radar for them. You know, and it's just trying to figure that out, that balance. And that was kind of one of the the ideas that popped in hey, my head. As I, if, you know. if you ever figure that out, you, you <laughs> let me know you write a fucking book. I'm sure you're going to be there because that, that's the million dollar question. And, right. And, you know, know. You, you're dealing with little people and the, the balance is different for every single person. Right. That's true. You're right. And with that in mind, that made me think. Because as John's sitting here talking about his 12-year-old, <laughs> I'm thinking in my head, like, you know, Kironi's a great kid. I'm not saying that he's not. It's just Kai is what? He's about to be six, John, or he just turned He's already six? six, yeah. That was six that he just turned, right? Yep. So he turned six, and you can see the personality difference. Oh, yeah. So, <laughs> Uh-oh. It's not a bad or a good or a right. cool versus not cool. It's a a little more to himself versus out there for everyone yeah. to see. Extrovert versus yeah. introvert. I got twins that are exactly that same way. Right. You know what I'm saying? Same age, born on the same day. Like, it doesn't matter. Peace. Same environment. Yeah, yeah, same environment. Yeah. So know. it's going to be interesting to see, you know, you're talking about what you did at seventh grade. Now we're talking about what Keone's done doing at seventh grade. It'll be interesting to see where Kai's at in seventh grade. I know. I don't know. We'll see. You know, it's hard to steer. And, you know, we kind of, and not, to be to be fair, Keone's kind of set a bar of, like, educational, like, reasons, like, educational purposes too high, I think. And I think it's kind of like, I feel bad for Kai because Keone sits at a, at a, you know, certain level. It's hard for me to explain truly because I always feel like you're like, oh, you're just bragging about your kid. But, you know, like, you know, they always do these. I don't know if they, they do star testing down there, right? And that's a California thing. Yeah. So, yeah, his, yeah. the way he, he graded his star yeah. testing uh, when he was in fifth grade was kind of like mind blowing. And so 
at that point, you know, we kind of figured, all right, we got to, we got to figure out how to do this. But Kai, you know, we we're always like, you know what? Kai's not going to be a smart. <laughs> he he's not going to read well. He's not, you know, we always felt that because he was kind of like the more outgoing. I'm going to push my way through this square. This is a square hole, but I have a circle. <laughs> it's going to make, I'm going to make it fit, you know? So like he, he, that's what his, ten- he has my tendencies is kind of how I looked at it. And so like, it- yeah, you're kind of like, oh no. So I'm, I'm gonna challenge you there a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Um, just just on the, the choice of language because it's not a. You you know I think one of the the mistakes we make, you know, with our education system is we we believe that. That's the measure of intelligence, and that's a bunch of. Um, there, Say it again. Of, so it's a bunch of bullshit. There's no, no. Before that, the measurement of oh, what? Uh, of intelligence. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There, there's a lot of different talents and skills that people have Mm -hmm. and you know they need to develop those because not everybody can have the same skill set not everyone can do do the same thing right right no no i'm I'm gonna take it back to one of the podcasts i was listening to you you had a talking about his dj crew yeah yeah he was like oh yeah i wasn't you know i wasn't really dj but i could go talk to people and i could go get the gigs and shit right? right right Right. right. Yeah. And, and you need that. Like, I know for me, I, that's what I needed. I was like, I'll take care of the music and shit, but I ain't really trying to go out and talk to people, to get gigs. Like, can someone do that for me, please? Yeah. Right. Um, but they, I couldn't be successful without someone to do that. And the person that's willing to go out can't be successful without me being able to hold it down on the turntable. Right. And right? That, right. right. And that's like, that was the, like the, as I went on in the conversation, that's kind of where we sit right now with the two kids is I use like one way for me to understand like their personalities is the gaming world. Like, you know, the, the video game, they, they have a, they, they have access to, I think one of the, I think best, I don't know. I'm going to be, I'm going to be biased cause I built it. One of the best gaming rigs you can possibly build. Right. Yeah. You know, I built this rig. I built this whole room, the room that I'm in right now, I built it just for them. For, to like hey. play games on and to stream with and create YouTube if videos, Pops all built that it stuff. for them. It's the best game rig they could have. Straight and up. One, one, my oldest, you know, book smart, everything. He doesn't care for the world. He doesn't care to stream. Doesn't care to like put it out there. Doesn't care to compete. He knows he can beat everybody. And we've put him in like little situations, and he kind of <laughs> held his own. And I'm like, right. so what are you doing? And he's like, ah, I don't care. My youngest, you know, my six year old, he wants to be on the camera. He's, he's the one who wants to light up the room. He'll go up to people. He's that guy. Like he's that person. And it's kind of like, well, you two should work together. You, you make the game, you make the program, you go sell it. Right. (laughs) You know? And so like, you kind of, you kind of, I think the one thing that I I need to figure out is to figure out, okay, how do I take care make sure I don't overblow one guy and then the other little guy, I, you know, don't push him too hard in a way where. Like it's not taking care of their talents, you know, because, right, right. I think it was unfair that I was trying to put book smarts, book smarts on my youngest. He can read. He can write. He can write his name. And yeah, I was just kind of like, oh, School here we go. School does that, though. Right. It does. And then. School but, is what makes you feel like you got to be the smartest kid in school. Right. Yeah. Who cares if the smartest kid isn't going to be able to talk to anyone at all? So they better have an accounting job. Right. 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 You know what I'm saying? But well, I wanted to like, yeah got to figure out like where do you push the like you know you don't want to over push a button make the guy who's like super smart or feel smart or the one who doesn't feel smart you know so it's like kind of like that environment that that kind of like 
pushing in and out because I I spend my time with those two. Like I do the homework with them. I, you know, hey, you do your homework. You know, I do. We do all that. Like I'm the one who sits down with them and, and does all that. And then, so you kind of have to look at that. Like where, how do you nurture one side, and how do you nurture the other without making the other feel inadequate? Right. I'm and gonna go ahead and, and repeat what George says. Once you got that figured out, let me know. <laughs> <laughs> Right, it's it, it's it's a difficult thing, and I think for for me, the other place I try to be careful with that balance, like between my kids, is you know you also so for me, what I try to do is try to recognize where the strengths are and build on the strengths, right? Right, um, and that's the same thing I've learned as a manager is you know find people's strengths and you help them build and develop that. Um, but also trying to be mindful, like my kids that are still really developing, you don't want to necessarily overplay certain strengths where you start right. to pigeonhole them, where it's like, no, nah, that's your thing. That is your strength and that's it. That's who you are. And it's like, exactly. Yeah. yeah like yeah, yeah. that's something you're strong at right now, but all, all this other stuff can be developed. Right. Like, right, right. You know, that, that's the one that's popping out, but that doesn't mean that this can't be there or you can't work on like, you know, and so just kind of being real careful, like, okay, hey, I'm going to encourage that and know that, that, see, I see that's where you're at right now, right? But that doesn't mean we have to stay there. Right. Right. Yeah, um, you're right. Figure it out. Let's write a book. <laughs> <laughs> we'll do this again I next week. That. And <laughs> I had a question for you. Caveman. Yeah. Caveman. Uh, he's, yeah. Uh, well, you can believe the first few out, but by now, he's just. Caveman. They don't know what last name, what school, what nothing. <laughs> so, so what you could do, right, is you could get that little sample, right, instead of a bleep, just to do like a cut of you saying caveman and just yeah. have to be all choppy, all and, caveman. Yeah. <laughs> so, we do that. Caveman. And it's just, <laughs> yeah, we're going to need to do that. Um, something I always wanted to ask you, and I think I asked you in a moment, but I want to ask you now that you're here. Um, when you decided to become a teacher, I think that you were doing pretty good at your job. Yeah. yeah. So for those of you listening, caveman, I worked for the same company that caveman for, and he was like, "Manager's manager." I don't even know what you were at that point, but he was he was the person that that everybody pretty much had to go to. And um, I think you were doing really good, and then all of a sudden one day you came and told me like, "I I'm, I think I'm gonna go and I'm go back to school and I wanna." a teacher yeah yeah what made you decide then that you wanted to become a teacher what what the hell happened yeah oh man there's (laughs) there's all kinds of of business with that um well as much as you care to share it into the general public right no i know um it's the culmination of just a lot of things hitting at the right time um to to be honest that that job that I was at that I was doing pretty good at it, w- it was actually never a job that I intended to have um and Fair so enough. you know it was a place where I ended up kind of taking that job really begrudgingly I was I kind of felt like I was above the job when I took it I was like oh and I'll I guess I should explain that cuz it was it was a great place and you know no right. disrespect but so before I w- worked there, I worked at one of their competitors. Right. Okay. And, you know, through 
you know, like I said, I had met a lot of people in the industry and these were people that would come to me often for advice or knowledge or whatever. Right. And then, so they learned from me and then they thought, oh yeah, we're blowing up here. We're making money. And I was like, how y'all making money? Y'all don't know what you're doing. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> and so, you know, that was kind of my opinion at place. Like it's just a bunch of cats that don't normally know what they're doing and da da da. And so, but I got into a place where I just, I didn't have too many options. Right. And someone made that available to me. And I was like, you know what? It's the best option I got right now. I'm going to do that until I figure out my next move. Um, And I did it. And I went in just with that mindset of like, hey, I'm going to be the best one here because I already know, I know this game better than all these cats here. Which, you know, that really shows how important mindset is. Right. come in because it was one of the first places that i went in and just really had like big success but it was because i had made up my mind before even getting there that that's what was going to happen right right where other places I was like oh i don't know if i can do this and i'm and that's what happened <laughs> you know what i mean yeah, yeah yeah um but anyways back to your question so i was there for a few years worked my way up was manager um and was doing pretty good I was just starting to get frustrated and bored. All right. So there's two reasons. One, it's I'm in a position where I'm kind of helping everybody else live this dream around being a part of the music industry and sharing my knowledge about what it takes. And because of that, I don't have energy left for me to do it. Right. And so it was like, what was once fun was now a job and I realized it wasn't fun anymore. Yeah. Right. Oh, I know that feeling. Yeah. So that was one thing when the first signs, um, it was also the time when my second kid was on the way and I was doing good, but I also knew I was pretty close to the top of the chain there. And I was like, uh, okay, yeah. this isn't going to continue to work. Like, this works now, but long-term, I, I don't see this happening unless something, like, real drastic change. And I can either wait for it to change here, or I can change me. Right. And you already know which one I'm going to pick. Yep. Right? Um. So then the question was, all right, well, what the fuck else am I going to do? And I got to tell you, going back to school was real low on the radar. Yeah. Um. My, my my school experiences was not I mean it pre, it wasn't horrible but it's it's not one that was pleasant and the main reason for that was because it was 12 years of being told you don't oh uh, yeah that's say true. it again 12 years was, of what 12 years of being told you right so I mean the, the education I got the schools I went to were all top notch you know I got the information, but the experience right. was not one where I had any kind of positive feelings towards the experience. And so the last thing I wanted to do was, one, go to school, or two, go be part of a system that provides this experience for kids. Right? Yeah. But exactly. that's when it kind of clicked. I was like, well, I can sit on the outside and bitch and complain about it. Like, oh, that shit's fucked up. 
or I could try to do something about it. And being on the outside ain't gonna change shit. Right. True. Um. So that's kind of what what really drove me to get in. Um. You know, there's a couple of other things. I think one story is a, a kid there. Uh, let, let's give him a name. G- give a name to somebody. Joe. There was a kid there named Joe, and um, he he was like a real young cat. And this was when I kind of I'd already really decided I was going to start making a transition, but I wasn't completely sure what it was going to be. And I know like his skill set. He was not like I would show him how to do something. Like he'd be like, "Oh, can you show me how to look up this amplifier?" And I'd be like, "Cool. This is how you do a search." This is how you do it for amplifiers. Boom, right? And then he'd come back like 10 minutes later, like, hey, can you show me how to search for turntables? Like, dude, it's the same process. Just type in turntable versus amplifier. Right. But he wasn't able to make that connection. And for me, I realized that's a mathematics. And a lot of people don't get that. A lot of people are like, oh, like I can go off on you know importance of math because I know a lot of people hate math and the reason is because we've done a shitty job of teaching it for a long time, but the skills that you learn in math it's not about the numbers. It's X, about y, x plus y equals e. You couldn't figure out what x and y were. Right, like it's about being able to, to see those patterns and those relationships and then substitute things in out based on that structure. Right. And that's the skill kids don't realize they're learning. We just we use numbers because it's a closed system and you can check it real easy. But that's not what you're really learning. And that's what's that's what we do with the service and, and what we have done the service in education is, you know, people think math is calculations, like that's not what you're really supposed to learn. But anyhow, that's not what you want to hear. Um but no, no, just, that's, that's a good point. It's all but good that's point. um that was one of those triggers of like these kids are not getting that. Right. They don't have that skill set that they're supposed to be learning. Right. And I was like, I got to do something about it. So it, I, I was right in, like, your whole reason for becoming a teacher was literally just wanting to do your part. Yeah. Like, I, it was. You know, one of the things, and I might have had the conversation with you at the time, it was like, you know, at that job, it was like, okay, so, like I said, we were doing pretty well. And I was like, okay. What's the goal today? Make more money than you did yesterday. Like, what? Yeah. Well, there, there was no purpose greater than stacking chips. Like, okay, well, the money's okay right now. Like, when I had no money, that was a great purpose. Right. I need yeah. to. Yeah. When I got to the point where I had, you know, I was okay. I wasn't balling, but I was like, I was okay. And my only, it's like, not the same. It. I need. There, there's something more meaningful I can do. That's back to my. You know, trying to tell people that money's not everything. And I feel like, I don't know if it's living in California that makes people get on that mind trip, but money is so important to us. It is. Yeah. It, 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 we're in, in a system where money is the gateway to resources and options, right? I what? mean, you know, there's a joke of like, when ain't everything is right up there with air, and that ain't really too far fetched because, like, you can't even get your basic needs met without a certain income. Okay, right. but here's my thing. 
would it be safe to say that happiness is the end goal in life? Sure. Safe. John? Yeah. Okay, so if happiness is the end goal in life, how many people you know with a lot of money that are happy? Are or aren't happy? Are, aren't. Are not happy. A lot. So, well, I don't know a whole bunch of people with a whole bunch of money, so I, I can't really speak on that. Um, but I, I think it's one of the things, too, of why as a society you're fascinated celebrities and what the fuck's going on with them and, like, all their drama. We all want to be all up in their business. And, you know, I can sit and look like, you know, why the fuck do you care? That's got nothing to do with it. But... I know the the deeper thing is it makes us feel a little more comfortable in that, hey, even people with money and all this access still struggle with things. They still have challenges and problems. Maybe it's even to what we have. Or maybe it's worse. And they're like, okay, well, they got money, but at least I got to deal with that bullshit. So I'm feeling a little bit better. So that's pretty interesting to me to watch. I wouldn't say that I'm one to watch that stuff. So, I I get what you're saying, and that's probably true people, but I just really don't think that is the goal. It's not. I think that you're right. Being in Southern California, it's a means to... It's a tool. Yeah, it's a tool, and if you can, if you can live comfortably, then cool. But there doesn't need to be this constant, today we're going to work on making more money than yesterday. Right. I... I, I really don't give a shit about that. Right. And th- and that's where I was at at the time. And it was like, bullshit. Yeah. And uh, I don't know. I can't tell you for sure when I started to feel that way. But I just feel like there's so many people that are, that are money hungry. And it like bothers me. When, when someone around me that I can tell that everything there's difference. There's a difference in being motivated to do stuff, to be happy, to to fulfill creativity. That's really one thing I'm trying to push, right? right. And there's another where it's just like, whatever I got to do to make a buck. I don't have no whatever I got to do to make a buck, guys in my circle. Sorry, I just don't because I no, can't. I can't trust that type of person. Nope, it's dangerous. You know what I'm saying? So, but then people always want to glorify that. That person's hustling. They, they, they're always getting money by any necessary. Like our previous uh, guest, Justin, that was the reason why I wanted to have him. He's got the hustle, and he's got the drive, and it's not always just to make a. I think at one point in his life, he probably was that guy. He probably felt like I just got him to get money, right? But I think that it's it's a different drive now. I think it's more for happiness well-being those in your circle and around you it's not that greedy you know what i'm saying right and, and i i do think um you know at least from from my perspective what i've seen is people that that chase that route where it's all about the buck they, they might have it for a little while but it's short-lived um what i see is people get more sustainable long-term success when 
they find a way to be of service to others and that's able to generate revenue right and that's something that they continue to build right and i agree um i don't know i i i think that my drive is different i tell yeah it's happiness but for me it's definitely being able to just do the things that i want right and i don't think that needs to directly translate it it doesn't need to but i think in our society to leave that yeah absolutely and especially today with oh, yeah. tv show social media social media this shit and i don't know like i just think that i've learned my own sometimes you know goal is to get this money so you can have this thing right and then you have this thing and now all of a sudden um you're over that thing right that that thing isn't making you as happy as you thought it was going to so now i'm at the fuck those things i mean yeah you can have them if you want but don't expect for that to bring you happy and if money's needed to get those things but it still doesn't translate to happiness then do it right what what's your take john especially i want i want to kind of hear that you said you were around a bunch of people that that got the cheese. What's the drive there? What do you? I mean, the. Oh, how can I say this without like offending anyone? I guess I guess I'll just offend everyone. <laughs> I'm offended, John. I didn't even start there. We have a lot of people who are willing to throw away friendships over money. You know, and right. a lot of times, you know, what if somebody got into a bad spot? You know, we go into that like, well, what if someone's in a bad spot, not by choice, but by circumstance? And then we just turn our backs on, them. you know, like those, that's one thing. I, am I happier for it? No, hell no. But like, you also have the fact that like living in California or just living in this day and age. Right. The one thing that we follow the most, the most, like the biggest influencers that we have are the influencers that travel, that are rocking the freshest clothes freshest watches the cars the biggest car uh like social media groups that we've been watching or following even whether it's on youtube whether it's on instagram facebook whatever our car are you know like our like car pages or groups that just show like stuff that the, you can't that the normal person can't do like there's right. an infatuation with that right we follow right. the the hype beasts and complexes and we follow it, which is great. Cause we get to see like our, you know, what kind of streetwear we're into, but then we follow the influencer. That's always rocking the Yeezys and always picking them up and always and what that, but in a way we, they're only we as in people, not we as in as us, <laughs> we as a people. Yeah. I don't follow just... any. No, but it's interesting that you felt the need to clarify that. I know. For, right. For David. You, I don't think we need to clarify that for the listen, but for you, cause yeah. But you know what I mean? But like, and it's like the, um, what are they, what are they selling to you? They're selling that lifestyle. They're selling that lifestyle right. that, you know, but they're not selling any kind of motivation to you. They're not selling any of that. And if there are motivationally speaking, they're selling a brand at the same time. Right. Like, yeah, you know, you should do this for more by myself help book. 
Um, you know, and so like, it's kind of like when it comes to money being, you know, like what we're all about is because that's what they're seeing. That's their environment that they've just created for themselves is they see this guy in a Porsche GT3 or they see a guy in an Aventador steps out of it. He's wearing, you know, some Gucci slides and, you know, and then you're like, man, I want to be like that, you know? And so why are we, why are we following those cats? Why are we not following people like you? The ones who are actually out there who are trying to make a change in this world or who, who are actually willing to set aside whatever, internal like you know their goal is to make the world a better place than where they found it right right like why are we not following those cats but why are we following the dude who is you know showing that he's in san tropez today and then tomorrow he's going to show he's in heathrow in london and then the next day he's in you know in greece when he's not he just kind of plays it because he's not there all the time he just i'm gonna go to greece and i'm gonna take 30 pictures and then posted every now and then look like I'm there every day but right you know like and that's the thing and so that's why I think I don't think it's a California thing but I just think it's just our environment it's just that you know you see like look these guys look happy I need to get that money so I could do what they're doing or have what they're having and right here we go so that's why I I, I come from a technical world where you know working in I live in San Francisco so you know everyone I I interact with almost on a daily basis comes from, you know, some, some kind of like high end technical, uh, you know, Apple, Google, Yahoo, Facebook, whatever. Right. Most of my good friends that are outside the car industry are from that and they see it, you know, the engineers that come to the work, they're, they're rocking M five. They have four M five, a Supra, you know, they have a seven or eight cars and then, you know, they see that they're like, man, I, I like that, you know? So it's tough, man. I mean, and are they happy? Are these guys that have like, like I know a couple of folks that have, you know, Lamborghinis and Ferraris, they look happy, but when you talk to them, they sure as hell ain't happy. They're bitching about something. It's a lot easier to dream than it is to actually get down and do. And so I think there, there's a component of that draw to the dream and easy. That would be so nice. You know, and, and the way it's portrayed, too, is, you know, a lot of these cats act like, oh, I just got this. Like, they don't really talk about what they had to give up or sacrifice to get it. You know, and part of, that's part of the reason some of them are so unhappy, because, like, you know, we're talking about these people that are traveling all the road, like, cool, and you know, that might be your thing, but you do give up things to do that. Right, right, right. Right, right? like, that that's a whole different lifestyle do that um you know i know at one point we i was and they were kind of talking and talking about going on tour and i had to really sit back and pause and like hey is that really what i want right now because i've got kids at home do i want to be out yeah nah that's not that's not where i'm at right now if you had hit me 10 years ago cool right um, but I just wasn't to do that at that time. And I, I kind of sabotaged the project a little bit because I realized I didn't really want it. Um, so I, I think that's a component. I think there's, there's a lot of fear that people have of really shining to their ability. It's, it's a lot easier to just wear the mask and chase the dream 
than to really look in the mirror, face yourself and say, what I have to do. And I think that goes back to, too, like what you were saying, like, why was I attracted to these other people? Um, I, I think a lot of that is, is fear of like, hey, in a lot of ways, it's easier to be rolling with this crew and getting in trouble than it is to actually sit down and do what I have to do. Because that might oh, yeah. be hard for me. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Right? And so, like, you know, I'm scared that if I actually try, maybe I might not make it. Or maybe I'm scared that if I try, I will make it. I go over here, I know exactly what I'm getting. And, yeah, it might not be healthy for me. That's easy. Yeah. And I think that's what a lot of people do. Um, so that that's one thought. The, the other kind of flip side to people that could be a lot of it, but the other thought I want to offer up is, you know, a lot of times people that are really driven, you know, I'm speaking for like myself, like there there is a constant state of dissatisfaction, right? Um, which is what the drive is. Because if you were cool and comfortable, you got no reason to do anything else. That's what I said before. Like there's got to be something a force applied upon you to force you to right right so like if you're just like cool i'm comfortable you're not going to be reaching for and so the people that have gotten to this level it's because they, they have that urge that i need i need and more doesn't necessarily money but something else right what's the next yeah, step the, what's the, next the thing constant i need something else right um, you know, and then you combine that with how, you know, we are marketed to as consumers to the, yeah, you do need something else. It just feeds the system. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, that's, that's also an issue though. Right. I'll turn into another problem. Right. Yeah. And that, that, that's one thing, uh, oh, that I've, I've heard in a few places where it's like you've got to you got to learn to be happy with where you're at yeah. uh, and it's for me that's one of the things I'm trying to struggle with balance of like okay how do I you know for me it's like it's one or the other either I'm happy with where I'm at or I'm not happy with that and I need to do something else and I, I, it doesn't have to be either or and there's a balance between there, but right. that's something I struggle with of like, I need to be where I'm at and still work for It's all a mindset. Right. Uh, it, it's that, that's that meme that keeps bouncing around that I keep seeing. And it's like, don't, don't take for granted where you're at because once it's where it was on. Exactly. You know what I mean? Exactly. And I just keep trying to get myself to think of right you know I mean? that's and, real and and again if you if if you practice the mindset then everything that we've so practice getting yourself that finding yourself that way and to not constantly be like more to not constantly be angry 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 to train yourself to be a certain just you said earlier is just um being aware of it right is already helping you change 
So I guess awareness is really Yeah, and I kind of even just in hearing you kind of back to me, things I want to change my language. It's not always about for me, it's a fear, right? Like, I don't want to get stuck. Oh, yeah, yeah. Anybody that's driven yeah. has that. Yeah, it's like, I don't, I don't want to get stuck. I don't want to just, I, you know, it's like good. I, I think I learned that um, on these trips that we go on because we talk to each other a lot. Right. And, I mean, John, I think you'll remember 2018 for me kind of felt that way. Like, I felt like I needed to do something. I'm not doing it. I got to do something else. I got to do something else. And I think it was these guys that were kind of just like, you're already doing it. You just haven't realized. And when they kind of put that in my head a few different times, and I was kind of, damn, dude, I didn't, I, I honestly didn't know. And it's right. It's going right now because I'm too busy feeling like I'm on the path. I haven't realized that I've already met a destination. And right. then, yeah, sure, there can be a new path to a new destination, but you got to spend your time here first. You know what I'm saying? Right, right, right. That helped me out a lot. Because like I said, in 2018, I mean, most of the people around me, I just kind of constantly, like, I got to do something else. I'm not really happy. And I just had to really look at it. Yo. And I, I think it wasn't until that whole 2018, you know, where you do this whole thing where you, like, reflect back on your year or whatever, and you're like, how can I make this year better? And it's like, this year wasn't that bad. I just <laughs> wasn't in the right mindset. In it. So, for tw- and I remember going into 2018, like, I'm not going to worry about nothing. I'm not going to worry about doing making moves or working on something else. I'm just going to try to enjoy what's and, and I think that's key. And I think that's where you find the balance. It, you, you've got to do what you right? It's not about, it's not about the next stop, right? Cause that's, if you're there, there is a next stop, but it's not a stop, right? It's just, it's just the next. Right. Um, if you're always looking at tomorrow, you're never going to live today. Correct. Well, um, I think that we spit enough knowledge <laughs> to everybody. And I think that I, I'll take a lot. You did exactly what I wanted you Glad to be a service. I, I, like this I said, was great. We, we needed, we needed, I think, a perspective. To, to not get off of that topic, right? Open conversation. Right. I'm trying to show the listeners that people that I feel motivate me, who I've driven, the people who I feel um, are really pushing their creative side. But then I also feel like too, that I also want to push a perspective. And I knew that you come in here and just push your perspective versus trying to push what you got. Like I said, I'm just, I'm real humble that you think to, to invite me on to 
I'm also real proud of you. Thank you. Um, like, it's just one of those things. In my mind, I'm like, oh, man, cast. Here's, here's my boy. Proud of you. It's it's a lot of work, man. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you, because I believe every, it. Every episode is. <laughs> I believe is it. a little bit better, but not as good as you want it to be. And I'm not even talking about the. And I'm talking about the technicality, oh, mics, yeah. yep, the, all the other stuff. You know? it, it, it's a learning process. Um, you know, I, I know, and again, I'm not I'm not the expert. You know, listen to some of your first per- podcast, and you're like, yeah, you know, I don't even podcasts and all that um I, I actually spend a lot of time with podcasts uh, and most of them it's you hear the growth as they progress right mm-hmm. right so yeah y'all i'm fine <laughs> i tell um, them that all the time tell them what, what, what else is really impressive you know you really act out like you need to be in spot and what that yeah. tells us that you have like a master. Yeah, and I'm real curious as to what that is. I don't know if you're able to that, but that's that was one of the questions. I'm like, okay, you you you've got some. I know you wouldn't be that specific. It was just like, oh, I'm gonna have a guess and get you like, no, be this and this sequence, and there's a reason for that. It's intentional. Yeah, it's yep. chess, not checkers. Okay, and that's all we gonna get, huh? Yeah. All right. <laughs> chestnut checkers. All right, John, you want to go ahead and close us out? Yeah, man. Uh, caveman. Yes, sir. <laughs> I appreciate your time. Yo, I appreciate what you're doing. I appreciate the uh, what you're doing for you know the youth. It's I. It's something I greatly respect. It's something that like we. You know, we always talk about a lot of us will always talk about let's do something better. And I guarantee you a lot of us don't do anything on it. And the fact that you have done something on it, yo, you know, that's that's huge, man. I wouldn't go that far, man. I what what I will say is I try every sometimes sometimes it doesn't. And sometimes I found out later that it maybe not as much as I wanted to. I gotta be grateful for that. Maybe like 20 years later yeah i don't know I, I i'm just from the outside looking in it was the first time you and i have had a conversation and i i got immense respect for you bro appreciate that yeah but and thank I, you for being on here man uh, it's been fun i hope i get a get a wrap with you cats again oh we gotta do it again we always have to do a follow-up i mean i think it's just something that's gonna have to happen because it's like it's a part story of the plan yeah part of the plan yeah yeah uh, we have all that that's the plan David David has a bigger plan that he mo- likes to tell everyone, but n- this man knows what he's doing. I know he does. <laughs> all right, everyone. Thank you. I We appreciate the time, uh, all you guys listening. We appreciate everything that you guys do. We appreciate the support, all the reposts, all, everything. We just appreciate it all. So thank um, you. One thing I wanted to ask close it. For those of you listening at home, if you get the opportunity, please comment. Give us some feedback know what you think uh maybe not about the dogs barking or the mics it's always going to be an ongoing thing but uh tell us if you're if you're feeling it the message is getting to you right um you can get to john vip style cars me k underscore d for it it's ball 
us on Instagram at Open Perspective, and you can DM us there. But definitely feed. I think we're at the point where feedback is great. Thank you for your time and thank you for listening. Thanks.